What happens when you put two middle-aged guys together, each with full-time jobs, five kids between them, and a couple of wives who don't give them a big enough allowance to spend on production value for a fantasy sports show? It sure as hell isn't going to be any good. But they insist on doing this nonsense anyway. So without further ado, it's time for the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show with Ryan Howell and Steve Rappin. Welcome in, everybody. It is time. Yes, once again, it's time for the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show. It's Thursday. It's 10 p.m. No better way to finish out your week than with uh, with us as we get you ready for another week of fantasy football. The Thursday night game is, you know, it's how I wanted to start out the show. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but back in August, in my quarterback rankings, I had Nick Mullins in the top 10. I mean... I knew he wasn't going to start with Garoppolo, and I, you know I knew he probably you know might take some time, but I knew if he got his opportunity, that that this was going to be what to expect. So let me bring on my good friend Steve Rapp, and he'll back me up on this. Steve, you remember that when I talked about Nick Mullins in August? Nick Mullins top ten, Andrew Luck number thirty. I remember <laughs> it like it was yesterday. Three two hundred and forty three yards, and now three touchdowns. For Nick Mullins, we are just two and a half minutes into the third quarter. He just connected with George Kittle uh, for the second time in that drive. Kittle now three catches for 91 yards. I, I did put on Twitter, I will say earlier, that Kittle was the only one that I'd consider starting for the 49ers, but I, that's even wrong. I mean, he's got touchdowns to Kendrick Bourne. He's got touchdowns to, uh, to Pierre Garçon and Mullins. I mean, it's the Raiders are this bad. Are the Raiders this bad? This is the bad. Raiders are this bad. Wow. I think they're playing for a top pick next week. Not that they're trying to tank it, don't get me wrong, but um, when you get rid of Khalil Mack before the season, you get rid of Amari Cooper. They have three picks, you know, in the first round next year. Yeah, I don't think they have any ambitions of, of competing this year. And, yeah, they're a horrible team. Yeah, but I don't think we have any – we, I'm a 49er fan, for anyone who's not aware – I don't think we have any ambition of going through this year either. We're winning 24-3 right now. So are they just... God, I didn't think the Raiders were this bad, but uh, apparently I'm wrong. That $100 million to uh, to John Gruden isn't looking very you know, good right now. It also it? doesn't look like uh, he's going to earn it all. I, if this continues, uh, I think he might be just getting uh, some payout. Although, like you said, they've got the three first-round picks next year. Clearly it was a rebuild. I mean, in the NFL... Things can change quickly, but he didn't even set the team up really for that. I mean, it definitely seems like they're they're at least considering parting ways with Derek Carr. Uh, you know, Marshall Lynch is three hundred years old. Uh, everyone they brought in, Doug Martin, isn't very good. Like everyone they brought in this year, also isn't very good. So it's not like you know, like the Forty ers or like the Jets or some of these other teams that aren't very good that at least have some young talent. They've got nothing. No, and th- and that's one of the problems is. 
Derek Carr is playing horrible right now. And to add to that, now you're starting to take weapons away from him. You lose Marshawn Lynch, so people aren't going to, you know, really be. I, I can't see them stacking eight men in the box to try to stop Doug Martin. You, you mean take the away Amari hamster? Cooper, who yes certain weeks they don't target him at all but he's by far their best offensive weapon so you leave him with doug martin jordy nelson martavis bryant and jared cook has been playing well but i mean you already have a quarterback that's playing bad and then you start you know losing weapons whether by injury or by trade you're asking for trouble man uh yeah for sure i mean this is it this is getting just spiraling out of control really quickly uh for the Raiders. Now, before you before you go on, I do have to ask because we do this show through Google Hangouts, and you can see me, but I can't see yes. you. Um, you're not wearing your sexy bee costume again tonight, are you? Mm-hmm. I know you you enjoy Halloween and you try to get the most you know out of it that you can. You're not wearing that sexy bee outfit that you wore for ha- your Halloween party. No, but I, I can tweet it out again if you'd like. <laughs> no, I think once is good. I Twice think actually. Good. No, I did it again yesterday, so. Uh, Did you really? Well, oh, yeah. then definitely do not do well, that. Well, I mean, it was Halloween. Because I, I see the B part. I see the B part, but the sexy part, I I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I rocked the shit out of that tutu. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank God you had something on underneath that tutu. Uh, just tights, though. And let me tell you, they weren't joking when they named them tights. Uh, those fuckers are tight. And, you know, <laughs> girls aren't working well, with... You can, buy different, you can buy different sizes, just so you know. I mean... I don't know if you realize that you're not quite a medium anymore. The, I mean, they are... That was the problem with the, the costume, is that nothing I was wearing was actually made for men. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I bought the biggest lady tights I could, but, you know, still <laughs> still working with, pretty tight with the family jewels there. It was a couple hours before everything went numb, and then I was good. Or I started drinking enough. I don't know. I'm not sure which one it was, but... Are you saying Macy's was a little lacking in their male tight department? Yes, actually, I went over Amazon. Thank you very much. But maybe I should have went to some porn site or something. They might have had some like <laughs> kinky fucking male tights on there. Who knows? Yeah, I don't want you to do that because next week we'll be seeing you in one of those leather suits, like American Horror Story. Those, yeah, we let's not go there. Um, what do you think I was doing before the show started? Don't want to know. Hopefully, <laughs> was, you were watching it and not reacting. I, I was that, actually. That, that is what I was doing before the show started. I was watching American Horror Story, but um, so we have Week Nine, Steve. There are six teams on by, so that's a humongous buzzkill right there because uh, it just sucks to have to, uh, you know, try to figure out your roster for uh, for this week. I, I, I've been looking at mine a little early. Uh, I'm pretty lucky in most leagues uh assuming sony michelle in some and maybe dalvin cook is healthy in others uh that i'm not really killed but i know there are some people who are you know this is a really really rough week for them oh definitely i mean like you mentioned six teams on a bye we got injuries um it is a brutal part of the season right now so this is going to be where you need to really make the best roster decisions possible because you're going to be playing guys that are at the bottom of your roster, not out of uh, out of want, but out of need. And so you really need to, to work the waiver wire, free agency. You need to, to make the right lineup decisions. And, and, hey, that's why we're here, hopefully, to help. Yeah, and, uh, you know, with this Tuesday we had the trade deadline, which we're going to get into some uh, you know, while we're talking, oh, I didn't even mention we have our guest coming on in just a couple of minutes. We have Brandon, Mary, and Lee joining us. 
who should be joining us in just a couple minutes, so we're really happy to have her on. She is all over the internet. I'm not even going to bother trying to figure out everywhere she is, so I'm going to let her do that. Uh, that I think you finally have, uh, you know, beaten me into getting these people to promote themselves right away, uh, as I was forgetting a lot in the beginning of the year. But we're going to have Brandon. She should be popping on in a couple minutes. Well, unfortunately for all the listeners out there, um, with Howard Bender out, who's a friend of our show as well, um, she's filling in for him on the Fantasy Alarm on Sirius. And so it's kind of nice hearing her with Jim Bowden. And and so don't get me wrong. We love Howard. But it's kind of nice having a, a fresh take on there. Yeah. Howard, Howard, you know, no, I'm not, I was going to say something bad about Howard, but you know what, then people are going to well, take Well, he's it. on vacation, we can do that, we can I, say whatever we want yeah, about Howard. but you know friggin' Twitter, someone's going to grab it, and, although, I, he, he knows, he knows us. We're so. just, by the way, we're joking, we love Howard, he's, yeah. he's been on our show many times, and, and we love Howard, we're just joking. Yeah, it. Howard kicks ass, so, uh, <sighs> we have that, so, the trade deadline, like I was saying, it's, uh, you know, it, it was the most baseball-like football trade deadline that I've ever seen. Uh, there was, uh, what, five, six, seven trades, and, and not little ones either. Uh, some pretty significant ones, but, you know, I don't want to, again, we don't want to ruin when we break down games. We're going to we're gonna go over some of them, but it was nice. Like, I hope that this is kind of the way it is now going forward, that, you know, the football trade deadline is actually a little exciting. It is, and I, th- I think the more that salaries go up, the more owners are going to feel the pressure to win. I think the more that will get better in the or get more exciting, I guess I should say, in the future. So, you know, years ago, it, it seemed like there would be a minor move or two. It didn't seem like there'd be many moves at all um, in previous years. And, and then I'd say, what, maybe the last five years, it started picking up steam a little bit. So it's kind of nice getting that excitement. You know, or other sports, I, what is it, baseball, they have a whole, you turn on MLB TV the day of the trade deadline, and for about six hours, they have a trade deadline show that you can watch where they break down all the stuff and anticipate trades. So, hey, maybe the, the NFL and football will get to that point someday. Yeah, and like I said, there was some, some you know, it wasn't, a, you know, any monster, monster one, but it was, it was some, some really good pieces. So, let's, uh, while we're waiting for Brandon to join us, let's start going through a couple games, I guess. We'll, we'll uh skip the ones that we want to talk to her and let's go with the the Falcons and the Redskins which eesh, this is not exactly one that I'm all that interested in um just two teams that I don't particularly care for uh you know you, as always you have to take it's a look just because you hate Alex Smith it's just because you hate Alex Smith and you hate Julio Jones so you hate both these teams because you hate two players that's not the only I just think Atlanta got severely overrated off the Super Bowl run I don't think Matt Ryan is as good as people think he is which I think has come to fruition uh, this year and yes I don't like Alex Smith but Washington doesn't really have any t- who out of sight of Adrian Peterson and maybe Chris Thompson who's been hurt all year what what Redskin is lighting up the fantasy radar None. Oh, none of them. Yeah, none of well, them. that's they, why I like And they them. have been dealing with injuries. I mean, let's be honest. Jamison Crowder has been hurt. Paul Richardson has been hurt. Um, and, and so they had Chris Thompson, you mentioned before, has been hurt. Jordan Reed's actually been healthy, believe it or not. Yeah, shocker of all shockers. The report this week <laughs> did pop up on the injury report, but it looks like he should, still should be good to go. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think you mentioned it, though. Adrian Peterson's been the guy this year. Dude has been on fire. Um, he plays the Atlanta defense this week, who, who we all know the Atlanta defense is not, not good at all. And AP, actually, I didn't know this until earlier today when I read it. 
third in the NFL in yards after contact for running backs behind only Todd Gurley and Kareem Hunt. So wow. this is a game that, that the game script, it's, it should be that the point spreads 24 and a half points to 23. They're, Washington's a point and a half favorite at home. I think this could be an Adrian Peterson game script, and I think he could have another really good week this week. Which is crazy considering how absolutely terrible he was last year for two teams. You know, it was terrible for the Saints, although it was a really crowded backfield. And then when he got to Arizona, what do you have, two good games, and uh, and then wasn't very good. Although the way Arizona's been, been going this year, I guess it's not much of a surprise. But, you know, it kind of got a lot of us off the Peterson bandwagon, and he is certainly uh, exceeding expectations. And I don't know what to expect from him, because I figured that we would already start to see him kind of wear down. Um, I mean, the dude's 33 years old, so it's not like he's a spring chicken anymore with a lot of wear and tear on him. But it seems like he's kind of getting stronger as the it, season goes on. I mean, he's kind of a physical the last, freak. The last three games, he's been great. So, uh, you know what? I, I don't know what to make of it. Can he last all season? I didn't think he'd last this long, so maybe he will. Um, so I still say, you know, keep riding him till you, while you got him. On the other side, uh, how many catches will Julio Jones have this week without a touchdown? Over, under eight? Oh, I think he'll get over eight. I think he'll and, get And no eight. touchdowns, of course, because he's not capable of scoring a touchdown, uh, as we know. <laughs> Probably not. I'm never going to predict a touchdown for him. If we get a touchdown, it's gravy. Um, the good part is they should be able to work ways with moving them on both sides of the field. To, not that Josh Norman is is quite the Josh Norman that he used to be, but he should still see plenty of Greg Stroman out there. And I think this could be a, another good week for uh, for Julio Jones. Raheem most hurt just broke a 52 yard run. It is 31 to 349ers. Shit, I took Mostert out of one of my lineups when I saw that Mahomes was quarterback. Well, uh, the, 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 I can't even say the route is on. This is fucking embarrassing for the Raiders. God Almighty, thirty-one to three to a team yeah, with one crazy. thirty-one to three to a team with one win. God Almighty, they get fire Gruden tonight. <laughs> I don't think they can fire. They can't, but uh, Jesus. Let's let's just say that that's not going to happen, but. Um, I, I think this is a, a three to four year plan at least with this Oakland team on rebuilding. So, um, but yeah, it's absolutely ugly tonight. In what wrestling's Jim Ross used to call a slobber knocker, the Steelers will travel to Baltimore in an AFC North battle. You know what though? Not as much as it used to. These two teams both aired out more now. Um, it, it, it's a, it, this has a chance of being a little more of an offensive show than normal. Uh, I know it's supposed to rain a lot here in New York this weekend, although I think Sunday is supposed to be clear. So I, I think figure Baltimore, hopefully, I, we're supposed to get rain, so I don't know if they're going to get it like the next day, or hopefully the weather will be clear. But if it's a clear day, these could be, you know, this could be, actually be some points this week. I don't know. I'm just, Ben, we know what he is on the road. Oh, well, here we go. Um... Well you, well, you can't deny it at this point. He's not as good on the road. In his last five games against Baltimore, he averages he's averaged two hundred and thirty uh, at Baltimore, averaged two hundred and thirty three yards passing, and in those five games, had five touchdowns and five interceptions. Um, yeah, Baltimore's got a good defense. You know, they they can both do a decent job of stopping the run and the pass. So I, I think this is going to be kind of a, a tough game here for not that that, that they won't score. I don't think that it's a lock that it's going to be a No, no. I guess, let me rephrase that. As compared to the past, 
I think this has a better chance of being a, a you know more points than say three years ago. That's I, I guess oh, that's I what can, I'm saying. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Alex Collins. Uh, we do have to. We do have to mention. I mean, James Conner has mm. just been playing lights out, man. Last three games, 300 yards and two touchdowns in each, and he's had average about six targets a game in those games. That dude. I I, I have no idea why Le'Veon Bell hasn't reported yet because. Um, James Conner has all but stole that job. But last I saw over the weekend, haven't even heard from him still, so I didn't know these people thinking he's going to report, you know, week 8 or week 10. I don't know. You, you don't know if that's going to happen. Now, he didn't come in to sign his tender, so he wasn't able to be traded. So he's at least, you know, I don't want to say Steelers property because that's politically incorrect, but you know what I mean. I mean, he's it, no one else can have him but the Steelers for the rest of the year. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how that plays out if they ever hear from Bell. Maybe he will sit the whole season out. Who the hell knows? But yeah, but then he'll be in the same boat that he will be this well, year. Here's so if he doesn't report, here's honestly, it, he'd be smart to report now because at best, what, what he's fighting for is the right. amount of touches and right. wear and tear. And when he comes back, he's not going to get 25, 30 touches a game. He'll be at best splitting work with Connor. At best, well, here's, so he'd be smart to report. He would, he would. But that whole he'd be in the same boat. That just means the Steelers can tag him again. I don't see any reason, any way that the Steelers would tag them, would tag him again, and put the team through this again. Uh, so even if he sits all year, I think he's done. Him and the Steelers are done. I, I can't see them being that much of an assholes to tag him again. You know, to put the team through all this nonsense that you know they have to go through this and answer all these questions and all this garbage every week. So I think even if he doesn't report, his relationship with the Steelers uh, is probably finished. Huh? Yeah. So uh, Alex Collins didn't practice today, so that's a little concern. We got to look at that. Um, you know, as far as the Steelers receivers, you know, like you said, Baltimore's got a pretty good defense. So, but. You know, maybe not in in DFS. You're not targeting Brown and Juju, but of course, you know, weekly leagues. If you have them, you got you got to play them. If you got them, well, look. I mean, Jimmy Smith came back a few weeks ago, and he has been struggling a bit. Um, so they can beat these corners um, in Baltimore. Not to say that they will or won't, because they they play good team defense. Um, but I think both Antonio Brown and Juju uh, are still really good plays. They're not, like you said, maybe not in DFS, probably not my favorite plays of the week, though. Yeah, absolutely not. The, the, one, play, the, the one guy that I am going to target, mm-hmm. Vance McDonald. Um, it, this is another one of those Rich Rebar stats that, that, that I like to share in the show, but opposing tight ends have accounted for almost 30%, uh, 29.5% of receiving yards against Baltimore, which is the highest in the league. So while they may not give it up on the outside to those wide receivers, they do get heavily targeted by the tight end against them, and, and this could be a, a good Vance McDonald week, in my opinion. It's, you know, especially considering there's you know six teams on by, and, and you know how many injuries have come at the tight end position. Uh, for sure, that that uh, Vance McDonald is a good play. All right, so before we go any further, we have our guest on the line. Well, I guess on the line on. The, that's an old person telephone reference on the line, but uh, on with us now, Brandon Marianne Lee. Find her on Twitter at Brandon Her Eight uh, FFB. Brandon, thanks for joining us. 
Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Super excited to have you back. I believe this is your second appearance on the show. Uh, I've had a little trouble this year with remembering to let people promote themselves, and I, this could take half the show with as much stuff as you do. Uh, so why don't you take a few minutes right now, tell everyone what you're doing, where we can find your writing, find you on, on the radio, and just give, you know, give yourself a nice little pat in the back here. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, so uh, today's been really crazy because I was on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Uh, I am more of a fill-in these days uh, for Fantasy Alarm, the company where I also do all of my videos. Uh, I also uh, write for The Athletic, for CBS Sportsline, and for NFL.com. So those are the places where you can find my writing, and the videos are at Fantasy Alarm, and also we do live feeds on Thursday night, uh, which I also did tonight, and on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. so you can set your lineups. Well, yeah, we really appreciate your time. I know it's super valuable. Uh, I can't believe that you put up and actually put your face next to Howard Bender every week. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> You're doing the Lord's work there, so uh, kudos to you on that one. Well, you know, someone's got to make me look good. So I figure Howard's as good as any. I'm just kidding. Fantasy footballs versus fantasy. Let's cut that clip, Ryan. Let's cut that clip and we'll send it to Howard. (laughs) I mean, he. Oh, he's, you know, he's at Fish right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he went to, like, their Halloween show. Yeah. When Howard was on, he was on with us about a month ago. I called him fantasy sports version of Artie Lang, and he took it pretty well. So, I mean, I don't think that anything you said is any worse than that. (laughs) I think he's good to go. Yeah, yeah, he's a lovely man. It's really fun to work with him, and uh, everyone over at the Fantasy Alarm family has been really great. Absolutely. They're they're a great group of people, and uh, they're all fans. Of the, you know, we have Nate Miller on with us a lot and a couple other guys. So, yeah, Fantasy Alarm is a is a good group. So, we were, uh, we were talking, and let me see if you had the same feeling as me. I had Nick Mullins in the top ten uh, early in the preseason uh, for, for totally. quarterbacks. So, you know, this is not really a surprise, right? No, no, not at all. But, you know, it's so fun. Um, it's a reminder that everything that we do is predictive, but not how it's going to be. You know, and, and, and listen, if you play DFS, you probably feel that all the time. But the point is, is that, you know, uh, this is one of those fun things where uh, this is why we love football. You know, Nick Mullins, he's Matt Flinning it over here. He's going to get a ton of money. Good for you, Nick Mullins. I'm into it. This is why I, why I watch this game. And this is when you can be a fan and just have a good time. It's, it's actually kind of fun to just have someone, like, kind of pop in prime time, and you go, oh, good for you. It's, it's cute. It's cute. Well, I'm well a- I do want to ask both of you guys, because, Brandon, you know, you're on the show, and Ryan, you're a fan of the 49ers. The way that he's playing tonight and the way that C.J. Beathard has struggled with turnovers so far this season is there any way that he kind of supplants cj beathard for the rest of the season i don't know maybe i guess my thing is i actually thought cj beathard was doing i'll tell you one thing if i'm a green bay packers fan i am disturbed by this because kyle shanahan gets more out of his backup quarterbacks than almost anyone else i mean to be honest with you i i am hands up like congratulations this is really cool i mean and there was mike mccarthy with these green bay packers who couldn't get one like win without you know aaron Rod- it was like disgusting what he couldn't do without with aaron Rodgers there so uh i think this is a testament to him as a, a coordinator and as someone who's coaching and who actually has people that are prepared to go in uh i don't know he might beat him out he might not i mean at this point it's like who cares that neither of them are jimmy garoppolo and that's really where their future lies so i, I mean i'd love to hear other opinions but i, I just feel like this is kind of a moot point but the good news is that like 
you know, in terms of coaching, I think they're pretty stout. I mean, everyone saved their jobs tonight, as far as I can tell. Well, yeah, well, I don't think Shanahan was in any any uh, any danger. I mean, when you lose your your big free agent running back, you know, on the last day of practice, and then you lose your franchise quarterback in week three, I mean, I think you know the whole season kind of goes out the tubes. So I don't think they were any thought of, of bailing on the plan, uh, but. It's it is great. I, I do appreciate. I you know I think what now might happen is Mullins might get another start and let Bethard really ease him back in from this wrist injury. Maybe wait till yeah. Bethard is one hundred exactly one hundred percent. But uh, I mean, yeah, like you're saying, maybe well, you know, Mullins might made may have made himself some money tonight or in the next couple of weeks. But let's face it, it is the Raiders, so we're you know let's not get too excited. Oh. That was my next point. I mean, C.J. Beathard had to play the Rams, and mm-hmm. this guy's playing the Raiders. I, you know, I, I just I feel bad for Beathard. <laughs> Beathard's probably like, really? Really? This is the game I can't play? That's how I feel. I, it's a little crazy. But, yeah, I listen, I again, neither are Garoppolo. So, like, future, no one cares. Right. Uh, but today, get that Matt Flynn money, Nick Mullins. You do you. All right, Brandon, we were breaking down a couple games before you came on, so we're going to continue that on. The Lions and the Vikings are going to play on Sunday. And, you know, we were talking, we had the trade deadline this week, and one of the bigger trades was was Golden Tate was shipped out of town for the Lions. Uh, you know, I had kind of been off of, of Marvin Jones a lot of this season just because I thought Kenny Galladay was kind of taking his, his role over. But, I mean, does Jones now become the possession receiver for the Lions? Is he the one who gains the most from this trade? I think that the, the I, I feel like they're both going to be out there a lot. I'm a little confused by this. If anything, actually, I think maybe Carrion Johnson is going to benefit the most mm, okay. uh, because they're really a, a pass-first offense and have been since 2015 when um, Jim Bob Cooter came to town. They've been in the top three in terms of passing percentage. Uh, and over the last three weeks, they've only passed on 55%, which is the lowest they've been uh, the entire time that Jim Bob Cooter has been the coordinator there. So I think this might be saying that they want to be a little more balanced and not always in three wide receiver sets and tossing it all over the field all the time, which I think could be a, a net positive. Uh, in terms of how I feel about Marvin Jones, I've always liked Marvin Jones. Uh, I still like him better than Kenny Galladay, and I think I'm the only person on the planet who feels no. that way. But uh, I, I think that, yeah, he's going to get more usage for sure. Uh, I also think that they are going to try to get Michael Roberts the ball more. I know he didn't last week, but the week before he got some. I was told by the beat writers uh, from the Athletic uh, for the Detroit Lions that they desperately want to get a tight end involved here somewhere. And it seems like he's the only one that might be viable because really Luke Wilson and obviously Levine Toyolo are done like nothing. Bupkis. So uh, I think that's interesting. Uh, also, again, TJ Jones is someone that I'm interested in as well. I think you can get, if you're in a deeper league, that might be someone that you want to target there. Uh, Andy Jones. I mean, they only have Joneses over there, and it's pretty <laughs> exciting. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like uh, this is maybe actually more of a advocate for balance than anything else. I still remember Boy, this was years ago, and I and I've been a Lions fan since I was a kid. I live in Michigan. That was but in 1952. Drafts, I had the I had the 12th pick, and so I took Kevin Jones followed by Julio Jones, or not Julio Jones, excuse me. Um, oh, what was the running back from Cowboys? I completely drew a, a drawn a blank here. Um, 
Julius oh, Jones. Julius oh, Jones. Yeah, yeah, okay. And okay. so, and, and I finished last that, that year because they were horrible. So yeah. I have kind of a, an affinity to avoid the name Jones. By you have an anti Jones Jones? Yeah, exactly. So, but one one of the people that I think you kind of hit on a little bit is Matthew Stafford. In the past, he was almost a lock to be a quarterback one, albeit a low-end quarterback one, but he was almost a must-play every week. You know, where do you put him for the rest of the season now? He's losing Golden Tate, great yards after the catch. I mean, one of the tops in the league, you know, for years. Um, where does that put him for the rest of the season? Meddling. Listen, I, I, this is why you stream quarterbacks. Uh, he's going to be uh, matchup dependent, middle of the road quarterback moving forward. And if you look at the top guys right now, you didn't have to spend early on any of them at the quarterback position. I don't know why people continue to draft quarterbacks too early. I don't know why they continue to target Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady five rounds before everybody else. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and to me, Matthew Stafford is, is you know, just a guy. I, I actually think, though, that Matthew Stafford – could win more football games if they were more balanced and maybe even be a better passer and get better stats. I, I, I don't think volume is key to a lot of these guys' success in the way that they've behaved, you know? I mean, if you actually look at, like, like let's even look at Patrick Mahomes, some of his best games are his less attempts, right? So I, I think maybe this helps him. I know this doesn't make any sense uh, because it doesn't – yeah, you're right. I mean, no one is a master at yards after the catch like Golden Tate in terms of consistently year over year over year. He's amazing. Uh, but it does actually spread around the love a little bit here, and I think that might make him more creative, more focused, get things down the field in a way that's a little more positive, maybe some more air yards. Uh, it might be nice actually. I hope that this is a good turn for the, the Detroit Lions because great fans like you, you guys deserve to win more. It's a tough division though every year. It's a problem. It's kind of like why Cleveland can't really like claw themselves out. Obviously you guys aren't Cleveland. Cleveland's its own like level but but the point we've is we've had our years like, we've had our years you have i mean let's be real but you know every division has a different identity and unfortunately you haven't been one of the best every single year and now chicago's coming up it's just it's tough brandon i gotta stop you there <clears throat> steve and i have been doing this show for a few years now and he didn't he would not claim the lions until the year they made the playoffs he said he quit them that's not for two, true. bullshit no, that's not true a lot. I, I bitch about them every week and then i pick them back up no the there week. was a, what I do there was a, a good fan. 18 I months them one week and then i readopt them no there was a good 18 months that you just told me you would didn't like them anymore so don't bullshit anybody anyway steve <laughs> Uh, your beautiful Lions and their beautiful defense. Is there any Viking that you don't feel comfortable playing this week? I'm sorry. Were you talking to me? I, your I, name is Steve. I yes, cut sir. Out for me. Yep. No. Your name is yeah, Steve. Sorry. You know, no. I Latavius Murray. He's been a top ten running back for the last three weeks. Um, Adam Thielen's got a great matchup against Nevin Lawson in the slot. We already know that that he and Cousins have a great rapport. He's on a record pace. So of course you got to like him. You got to like Cousins. Stephon Diggs might see a lot of Darius Slay. So of course you're not sitting him in season long. I may be a little bit hesitant to put him in my DFS lineups this week because, I mean, watching Slay week in and week out, the guy is is a, a stud cornerback. So I might be a little bit hesitant for him, but no, I, Cousins, Latavius Murray, 
um, with the Lions' rush defense has been absolutely brutal this year. So, yeah, no, I'm fired. I'm up as well. All right, the uh, Bears will travel to Buffalo, where Nathan Peterman is going to be starting at quarterback. Uh, everyone with the Bears defense and their fantasy team is just licking their chops for this game, as Peterman is. Uh, I I think any of the three of us could do a better job quarterbacking than Nathan Peterman. I think the over-under and interceptions is five uh, coming into this game. But last week, Brandon, we had uh, Mike Hoff of the Gridiron Experts on, uh, and we asked him the same question that I'm going to ask you. You know, Jordan Howard had a rushing touchdown last week. Uh, Tyreek Co- Cohen had the big, long uh, touchdown pass. Where do you stand on the two of them? Do you think they're both fantasy relevant? Do you prefer Cohen over Howard? Howard over Cohen? Where do you see this this uh, twosome head as we get closer to the fantasy playoffs? Uh, I think it's really hard to set Cohen at any point in this season based off of what he's done so far. In this particular matchup, I wouldn't be surprised if Howard actually outperformed Cohen because I I mean, what makes sense is pounding the rock after they get up. But the thing is, is that the Buffalo defense is pretty decent, which is why it's really sad, to be honest <laughs> with you, that they have no answer at quarterback. Oh, my God. Uh, they can't get – I mean, you guys, they have three passing touchdowns all year. Oh, my God. Look at the 49ers tonight. Think Woo! about that. Tonight. We're not as bad as the Bills. Dude. <laughs> So I think that it's important to put into context just how bad this offense is. When they brought in Derek Anderson, I just was like, I give up on life. I I actually don't know what's worse, bringing in Derek Anderson from like being a golfer or starting Nathan Peterman again. Well, it's a to- it's a toss up for me. The scary part is that Derek Bad. Anderson was a better option. I don't. I yeah. I guess. I think it's an irresponsible what they've done. And I think it's sad because of their defense. If I was a defensive player in Buffalo, I'd be super ticked off every week because they're just playing their hearts out. What they did to Tom Brady that first half of the game was beautiful. Mm. And if they had gotten one little ounce of breathing room, things could have really happened for them. But they didn't. And it was an embarrassment. So, um, unfortunately, I see the same thing happening with the Bears. Uh, so, eventually, they're just going to wear it down. I don't think this is going to be a huge Trubisky game. I still think that Tariq Cohen makes it into the end zone at least once. So, I'm not going to sit him. Um, but if, if you're playing DFS, I mean, if you're playing DraftKings, uh, Jordan Howard's under 5K. So, wow. that's, you know, interesting. You never thought that was going to happen. Um so I like him. Uh, they should run out the clock that way, but Nagy's been trying to kind of prove that he's this, like, fancy-dancy, offensive-minded head coach, you know, sometimes, and he'll get a little too cute for his britches. So I could also see him trying to pull out some stops and test out some waters against Buffalo. But I think that'd be ill-advised because, again, it's not their defense that's the problem. It's their offense. So I don't think that that's going to bode well for them. The smart play is Howard. I'm just a little worried about Nagy. Now, you said so, – I'm sorry. Can I, can I Can I do one more? Go ahead. What were yeah, you go ahead. Go All ahead. right. You, you said it was probably not a great game for Trubisky, and I understand. You figure the, the Bears are probably going to, you know, be well ahead. Do you think Trubisky in his last month or so has snuck into the top 12 like a starting fantasy quarterback? Yeah. I do too. I mean, he, like, uh, points-wise has. 
you know, that's not debatable. The guy has multiple 300-yard games in a row, multiple touchdowns in what, the last four, I believe. So, um, yeah, that's good. And it's amazing to me that this guy only had one game in his entire career of multiple touchdowns before that big first uh, boom of a game. So uh, he's just continued to, to keep it going. The great thing about Trubisky and why I took him in a lot of two-quarterback leagues um, and why I took him in a lot of dynasty leagues is that the Bears are – devoted to him Mm -hmm. like he's not going to lose his job so i knew that they were devoted to making sure that he took a step forward and he absolutely did that and certainly this offense is much better for him and Nagy's smart i mean he's a smart guy yes sometimes i think he's a little cute for what i like but uh he's playing for the talent he has on the field not the system he wants to have work and that i think is the biggest mistake that a lot of coaches make in the nfl and that's the problem when you're a fantasy analyst right because we're trying to project what's going to happen but we don't don't actually coach the team. And man, when you get when you do all your work, and then you come out and you come and you look out on Sunday, and like this offensive court is just like doing crazy stuff that you're like, why are you doing this? And then it doesn't work. And you get so frustrated because you're like, why are you doing this? Uh, but I think it's because people like to be system first, player second, and I think Nagy's the opposite. So that really behooves Trubisky. It's helped Taylor Gabriel. It's helped Tariq Cohen. Um, you know, Trey Burton's been a little hit or miss, but he certainly isn't hideous. You know, I know he's not the guy everyone hopes that he would be, but he's definitely better than, you know, what they've been having there at the tight end position. So, yeah, I I, I don't want to say Trubisky's going to have a bad week as in, like, terrible. I just, he doesn't have a lot of upside this week mm-hmm. like he does the other weeks for his 300-yard upside. Now, you mentioned the Bills' defense is playing really well, which they are. Looks like Allen Robinson didn't play last week, dealing with a groin in- injury, hasn't practiced yesterday or today. If he doesn't play, um, Taylor Gabriel or Anthony Miller, are they in play Anthony for Anthony Miller! <laughs> Maybe. You know, it's interesting. Allen Robinson really hasn't been effective all year. I don't even know if I care anymore. <laughs> Oakland, where I was like, oh, Mark Cooper left? Okay. You know, I think we sometimes act like these names are more than they actually are. You know, (laughs) Allen Robinson only has 285 yards on the season. Mm. Okay, so, uh, and and by the way, again, I just told you that that Mitchell Trubisky had three games in a row with over 300 yards, a pop. Okay, so, what? You know, Robinson still played in six games. Yeah, he's hurt right now, but it's not like he hasn't been playing all season. So I, I guess I just don't really find him that um, uh, much of a, a player that's making an impression on this offense. So I, I would prefer to start Taylor Gabriel or Anthony Miller with some upside pretty much in every week. I, I don't see what we're excited about with Robinson right now. No games over 100 yards, not even close. We have one game over 83, uh, one at 50, one at 64, um, one at 61. Just mediocre, only two touchdowns. I don't know. I, so I, I know that sounds terrible. People, that just their names are not making an impression on me the way that they did in week one or two anymore. And Alan, off of that list. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I am all aboard driving the Anthony Miller bandwagon. I hope uh, his, you know, it seems like he's gotten a, a few more targets over the past couple weeks. Let's hope that it continues and he starts turning them into more catches. Uh, you know, he's had a few already. He's got a touchdowns in a few weeks. So I'm uh, big like an Anthony Miller. The uh, the non-trade, uh, you know, news over the past week was finally the Browns cleared house. Uh, Haley, Hugh Jackson, all fired. So we're going to have, you know, kind of a new offense, or at least a new, you know, chance at a new offense in in Cleveland. 
it's hard really with the interim uh, tag on all these guys, but do you feel like anyone benefited from, you know, the, the house clearing in, in Cleveland? I mean, the Browns fans, because yeah. at least Hugh Jackson's not going to be there next year. Uh, I don't know if any team truly benefits from a midseason change in the long run. Um Greg, Greg Williams certainly does not invoke confidence from me. Certainly not offensively, uh, no. I think he terrible. I don't even understand how this happened. Even though, I mean, obviously he could have had every head coaching job that's happened over the last four years. <laughs> At uh, least 11 of them, yeah, exactly. I mean, what is his problem? I, I just, he is, um, I feel like he's one of those people that I avoid at all costs, you know, like in my life. So it's really hard for me to analyze what's going to happen with him. But uh, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, what, what Freddie Kitchen's going to do as an offensive coordinator. You know, he worked for Bill Parcells, and, and um, it was 2005-2006. That was the year that they had, like, Mike Zimmer there. Um, Anthony Lynn was there. Uh, gosh, um, a ton of head coaches, basically, in the National Football League were playing under Parcells at that time. And then he went to go play with Bruce Arians. So um, I'm hoping that he takes a little bit of what he's learned from all these places and adds it to Cleveland. Cleveland's all about Baker Mayfield right now, and it should be, right? That's the future of the organization. Uh, moving forward, when they interview coaches, they're going to ask them what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield, how they're going to interact with Baker Mayfield, and that's going to determine everything. Uh, and so I'm interested in that moving forward. I'm interested in this game because the last time that um, he faced Patrick Mahomes, they broke a fo college football records with over 1,200 passing yards. Uh, Mahomes had over 700, but Baker Mayfield had seven passing touchdowns in that game. Uh, so I'm kind of excited for that, that rematch here in the NFL. Now, obviously, uh, one of them has incredible uh, weapons, and the other one has weapons so it's not exactly a fair fight but it'll still be fun so i don't know i mean i was surprised they also fired todd taylor to be honest with you i thought they would have tried to see if they could get something out of him i think that they felt like he was just trying to usurp uh power from hugh jackson and they thought it was just kind of skeezy and they were kind of like let's just get both of these guys out of here but that did surprise me to be honest with you so um in terms of the players i don't know i'm having a hard time deciding who to play from that team um like are they really are they gonna be able to get jarvis landry going again i hope so that i think is the only way out why does no one use duke johnson i don't know Nick Chubb hasn't exactly impressed me in terms of, like, he, I mean, 14 points and 9 points in PPR settings is just not good enough on a week-to-week -week basis. So we got to get him going, right? I don't know. Uh, I'm just kind of rambling about the Browns. I apologize. It's just such a nightmare. <laughs> it's, like, hard to know what to say. No, exactly. And, and really, I, I, I want to dig just a little bit deeper on that Nick Chubb thing because that, that was kind of the big trade last week where, where they sh you know shipped Carlos Hyde off to Jacksonville. Um, and so he's going to be the guy. Um, he's not really known throughout his college career to be much of a receiver, but they're not really using Duke Johnson as a receiver. I, I can really see them picking you know either Duke Johnson back up or, or trying to get Nick Chubb more involved. Do you think he, he's only going to get better as the season goes on? And, and I know you've kind of already touched on it a little bit. Or do you think, you know, we've already kind of seen what we can expect where you're going to get 
you know, 18, 20 carries, 80 yards, and maybe the occasional touchdown. Is that all we can expect from Chubb? Or do you think we've just kind of seen the bottom and, and he's only going to improve from here? I think we have a problem, which I've always had a problem with the Browns running backs, is that there's oftentimes negative game scripts um, that really, you know, hamper their upside. So if, if you're not going to continue getting touches, then you can't continue getting fantasy points. Um, I may, everyone has a different way of doing fantasy and what have you. I am very much more an opportunity person than a quote unquote talent person. And the reason why is because by the time they get in the NFL, all of these guys are talented. Okay. We're talking about the most primo athletes on the planet. So I always hate when people say, I love this guy because he's athletic or his talent. And I'm like, yeah. And everyone else here also is athletic and has talent. This is ridiculous. But who's getting the touches? Who's on the field? Why? What's the game script? How are they being utilized? And that's why the problem with Nick Chubb is that I just, I don't know how many more opportunities he's going to have to be excellent. And I don't think he has PPR upside. He, by the way, he never did. He was, I thought he was drafted to be opposite Duke Johnson. I was super excited. I was like, great, these guys will be perfect together. But if you're not going to use Duke, Duke Johnson, then you've just basically erased the running back position for half of the game because you need to pass for at least half the game if you're a Brown. I'm sorry, but that's that's still life for them. And they give up a ton of yards on the defensive side of the ball. There are other metrics that are positive for the defense for Cleveland. But in terms of actual yardage, people go up and down the field on them all the time. So Cleveland continues to have to pass to stay in games. And I don't know. I'm, I, I'm afraid that we are in a situation where we aren't going to be able to see his potential. But it has nothing to do with him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the funny part is Steve isn't athletic or has talent, so it's, it's really tough to do this show with him every week, but uh, we appreciate <laughs> you. Mention, would you mention that any, any of us three could play quarterback for the Buffalo Bills? All I could think of is, you know, me and my Jared Lorenzen comp. That would be about the that is, that's perfect. That's just the physicality <laughs> of it. That's not anything to do with talent. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, listen, if Nick Mullins can get three touchdowns in the NFL, baby, who knows? Sky's the limit. Yes, yeah, what? Also, Nick Mullins is athletic, okay, like and has talent. And this talent. is what I'm saying: like it's about the structure and the team and the opportunity. It is not just athleticism and talent. It's it's the whole package. Brandon, we really appreciate your time again. Why don't you give yourself one last pop? Tell everybody where we can find you before we let you go. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BrandonHerFFB. I uh, write for The Athletic. I write for NFL.com. I write for CBS Sportsline. I do videos and live feeds for Fantasy Alarm. So I am so tired. <laughs> uh, but it's a lot of fun. So and thanks so much. Yeah, we appreciate your time so much. Uh, and uh, we know it's very valuable. We always love having you on. And look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. Brandon Marianne Lee of everywhere on the internet. She is truly one of the best out there. If you're not following her on Twitter, you're a freaking idiot. So go out there and do it now. You will do better in your leagues if you do. I promise you right off the bat. So, Steve, we got about 15, 20 minutes left in the show, so let's continue. Thankfully, there's six teams on by, so we don't have a ton of games left. Uh, the Jets in Miami. <laughs> what a fucking shit cloud of a... Uh, fantasy game this one is uh, you know Sam Darnold has been good but the Jets offense it's it's just kind of middling uh, I don't can you trust any Jets receiver right now nope 
Um, I, I think when Quincy Nunwa comes back, maybe. But even then, he was starting to struggle before as well. So, no, between injuries and, and you know what? He's been okay, Sam Darnold, but he has not been what I would say great. No, but he's a um, rookie. At, well, no, he's a rookie. And so, no, I, I really don't trust anything in that passing game. Isaiah Crowell didn't exactly like the, the world on fire. It wasn't a great matchup. Uh, you still feel, at least, you know, at least a flex play for Crowell going forward? Yeah, and I think this week could be a good week for him. And so, I mean, yes, Trenton Cannon did get quite a bit of play last week, was in actually had more um, snaps than Isaiah Crowell. But I think Crowell is still going to be the main guy there. In the last five games, Miami has given up 175, 201, 108 yards, 93 yards, and 167 yards to opposing running backs. So this is a good matchup for the New York Jets running backs. So, yeah, I think it depends a little bit on the matchup. But Crowell, I think with, you know, Elijah McGuire still not back, and, of course, you know, Bilal Powell out, um, yeah, definitely uh, definitely in play. And as far as, you know, we talked a little earlier um, that, uh, you know, how bad the tight end situation is. You know, for a one-week situation, and maybe going forward, you can you can tell me if it's more than one week. But Chris Herndon, uh, do you think he, you know he's in play in this kind of week? Yeah, no, Chris Herndon. He's had a touchdown in three straight. The only problem is it's only been on eleven targets, so he, he's a high. Well, I don't even want to say high reward, high risk guy, because I, you know, I think his upside is maybe thirty or forty yards in a touchdown, but. He's definitely in flex consideration, not flex, but in tight end consideration with with the injuries in that. Okay. Uh, Miami side, they continue to give the ball to Frank Gore. Uh, Kenyon Drake had a pretty good week last week. Um, but your boy, uh, Devontae Parker, really lit it up last week. Uh, how do you feel about him going forward? I think he's going to be inconsistent. Okay. I like Devontae Parker. He's got the most skill out of any of the, the wide receivers on that team. Um, well, I guess I should say while healthy, Kenny Stills is, is pretty talented, but in the same token, he's injured right now. Still likely won't be back this week. Um, the, the, I like Parker. I think this week is, is better suited for Danny Amendola. He's going to be matched up in the slot against Buster Screen, who's a guy that you can always try to exploit if you're an opposing offense. So, um, I, I, hey, I, I think Parker is going to be one of those guys that he's definitely going to be in flex consideration every week. Um, this week he'll probably see, you know, um, some good looks. It just remains to be seen what's going to happen when Kenny Stills comes back. Tampa Bay travels to Carolina. Uh, Carolina handled the, the Ravens last week. Uh, Tampa Bay made a, a comeback against Cincinnati. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is back. Um, you know, obviously Mike Evans, OJ Howard has looked like a, a brand new man over the past few weeks, but, you know, the guy that I want to ask you about is Deshaun Jackson, who really seemed to thrive under Fitzpatrick and not so much under uh, Winston. Do you think Jackson is now back into uh, at least a flex consideration for fantasy this week? Definitely. He is probably the biggest beneficiary of the the move back to Fitzpatrick. I mean, when it comes to his completion percentage, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he, he, he caught 81.8% of his passes. With Jameis Winston, he caught 36.4%. So definitely they have a much better con- connection. 
Um, I, I don't think it's a surprise that that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a little bit more accurate of a quarterback than Jameis Winston. Um, Mike Evans is going to, I mean, he he should see a, a nice little bump as well. Um, he was he was a, a much better receiver under under Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. And, and OJ Howard, you mentioned it. He's been a, a top ten tight end in five straight in his last five straight complete games. And the way that I really like him this week is Carolina is thirty first in receptions to tight ends and they're last in yards to tight ends. So this is a game that OJ Howard will be a staple in all of my well, I shouldn't say all of my DFS lineups, but he is going to be kind of my de facto number one in DFS this week. Uh, as far as the Carolina side, obviously Cam, you got uh, you know McCaffrey, uh, Greg Olson has been okay, uh, Devin Funches is having a pretty good season, but DJ Moore, the first round pick, is starting to come on. How do you feel about Moore this week and going forward? Because I picked him up in a couple weeks, this, a couple leagues this week. I love DJ Moore Me this too. week. Going forward, it's all going to depend on what they do once Torrey Smith comes back because he, he's getting a run while Torrey Smith is out on injury. We know head coaches can be kind of fickle bitches sometimes, and they like their veterans. Um, honestly, this kid needs to be on the field, though. He showed last week that he belongs to be on the field. Um, Ted Ginn should be a, a role player. And so I, I love him this week. He, he's either going to see Brent Grimes or Taco Carlton, and both of them are really good matchups. So Cam has been has been playing very well lately. He's done multiple touchdowns in six of his last six games. Um, yeah, I love DJ Moore this week, and and I and I like him the rest of the season as long as the coaches don't do something stupid and, and put the ball or put Ted Ginn back on the field. Ted Ginn plays for the uh, Saints. You're talking about um, or Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith. Smith. Sorry, I <laughs> always get those. Things. God damn it! That is... I, for some reason, I always get those deep field threats. <laughs> I was gonna let you go on one, but when you said it the second time, I had a bunch of chops for you. <laughs> yeah, that's our sorry. That's, I always get uh, mixed up. They, to... they both their first names both start with a T. It's an honest. Mistake. You don't have to apologize. Nobody listens to the show anyway. Uh, the Chargers exactly. are the tra- travel to the Seahawks. Russell Wilson again in another good week last week. I think he's getting back to being a starting uh, fantasy quarterback. What do you think? Yes and no. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. He's been playing great. He's had three touchdowns in three straight games. But here's the problem. He's not getting the rushing yards. Yes. Um, only had 35 yards in the last three games. And he's done it on unbelievable um, efficiency. He, the guy's only thrown 21 pass attempts against the Rams, 23 pass attempts against Oakland, and 17 pass attempts against Detroit, but still managed to score touchdowns at an extremely unsustainable rate. So he's playing good, he's playing efficient, but they have become a rush-first team, and I, and I think it's a perfect time to try to sell high on him. I think he'll still be fine going forward. I, I Unless he gets more volume, though, his production will tail off. On the, I almost said the Clippers side. On the Chargers side, uh, you know, Rivers and Gordon, of course, there's no doubt about it. Keenan Allen hasn't had a great season so far, but uh, there's any, no way you can sit him. No, 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 no. He, he's a guy that, and, and it's funny, through the first, and I don't remember what it was, maybe seven weeks last uh, last year, his numbers were almost identical. And then the second half, he kicked it in. So not that he will this year, but it shows that he's got the potential to, to kick it in at any time and light it up. And, hey, Phillip Rivers is, is playing well. So I, I think it's only a matter of time before he turns it around. 
the Texans will travel to the Broncos in the ultimate revenge game. Demarius Thomas traded three days ago from the Texans to the Broncos is going to, I'm sorry, from the Broncos to the Texans is going to play his former team just four days later, five days later, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I don't know how comfortable I feel playing Demarius uh, being on the team in just a few, few days, but you know, with six teams on by, you might not have a choice. No, I think you, you still probably put him in your lineup. Um, it's not like you're going to feel good about it when you're learning a new offense, learning new plays. That always makes me nervous. Because of that, I ranked him 38th in my weekly rankings, just outside of, you know, a, a high-end wide receiver four. I just can't put him any higher with DeAndre Hopkins there. Kiki Kuti should be coming back this week. Lamar Miller has actually been playing really well. well. Yes, it's a revenge game, and so he knows that defense better than anyone practicing against that Denver defense. But I, I don't know. It's just hard to trust someone going to a new team and, and playing in, in week one. Philip Lindsay has, has completely made Royce Freeman irrelevant. Yeah, I know he's injured anyway, uh, might not play, but even if he doesn't, uh, uh, Lindsay is the running back going forward. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the Denver running backs have averaged over 121 yards rushing per game. And so, you know, Devontae Booker got a little bit of a run last week, but Lindsey's the guy there while, while Royce Freeman's out, which it looks like he should be out this week. So, I, I don't even yeah, think... Houston, I mean, they're a top 10 rush defense in terms of yards, so it is a tougher matchup, but but I think they'll try to run to keep Deshaun Watson and, and DeAndre Hopkins and Demarius Thomas off the field. So I, I think this is a really good week for Lindsey. Yeah, I don't even think it matters if Freeman's healthy or not. Lindsay's the guy. So, uh, but the the beneficiary of the trade of Demarius Thomas is Cortland Sutton, uh, and I am all aboard. I've picked him up in every single league where he happened to be available. Uh, I think the rookie is in for a great second half of the year. He is. I mean, and he's already had at least fifty yards or a touchdown in five straight games. There's some targets up for grabs right now, and so I'm thinking. You know, he's definitely the, – the, they wouldn't have moved Demarius Thomas if they didn't think Cortland Sutton was ready. So, you know, he's been kind of steady in that six, four, three, four. So, you know, four or five targets a game. The guy, I, I think he could easily jump up to eight or nine targets a game. He's a good red zone threat. The guy is really good at working in space, going up and getting the ball. Um, I, I think he is poised for – a really good second half of the season. The next two are going to be, you know, the kind of games like like we say sometimes in the show, just loaded up. Like, it doesn't matter who's in this game. You're pretty much starting everyone. The first one is going to be the undefeated Rams or travel to the New Orleans Saints. And there's really no one in this game that you're going to sit, whether it's the two quarterbacks, it's all the, you know, uh, the Saints running backs or, or Gurley, all the wide receivers that you can get your hands on. Uh, especially, uh, you know, Michael Thomas. There's two guys I want to ask you about. And, and well, one is going to be the two quarterbacks. Because I'm in one league where I have Goff and I have... Uh, it's in New Orleans, but both both teams are, are, you know, indoors. So they're both, you know, uh, turf quarterbacks. If you had to start Breeze or you had to start Goff, which one would you start? And I'll tell you who I'm leaning towards when you when you tell me. I'm going Goff. Yeah, that's where I'm I going. Am, and, and I'll I'll let you go first. Which, which one you want? But I'm going golf. No, I have golf. I have golf in there right now. That's the one I was going with too. So it's it's uh, it's it's uh, it's nice to see us on the same page. But the second one, uh, 
Go ahead. I, I just want to say kind of a little bit of my reasoning. I, I want to get okay. your answer, but, I mean, the beginning of the season, when Mark Ingram was out, Drew Brees had 45 pass attempts, 35 pass attempts, 49 pass attempts, and 32 pass attempts. In the three games that Ingram's, Ingram's been back, he's had 29, 30, and 23. So, yes, it's at home, and, and the Rams could be a shutout or a shootout, so that does play into it. Um, but when you play a good offensive team, you do like to run the ball a lot to keep their offense off the field. So I do worry that with both Kamara and Mark Ingram on the field, it does limit Drew Brees' pass attempt. So that's one thing. The other thing is is Jared Goff has been the best in the league at, at completion percentage of passes 15 yards down the field. This is another Rich Rebar one. Of um, and so 58% of the time he completes a pass 15 yards or more down the field. The Saints just happen to be the absolute worst in defending passes of 15 yards or more down the field. Um, so you put that two together, and, and I think Goff, Goff I have in my top five this week. My only concern of Goff is, you know, every once in a while it comes to a game where they just run into with Gurley, you know, like seven times. And, then, you know, poor Goff ends up with no touchdowns and 350 yards just because Gurley is so goddamn good. You know that sometimes Goff gets you know robbed of touchdowns, but the same thing could happen to Breeze with with Ingram and Kamara. But yeah, right now I was I was uh, I had Goff in there. Traquan Smith uh, pretty much seems like he's I don't want to say you know he's definitely the number two receiver. He's only had three uh, catches each of the last three weeks, but Cameron Meredith really hasn't really done anything. So it seems like after Michael Thomas that. Traquan is probably your next best option for the Saints. To me, Traquan Smith is um, that very nice best tournament play because he's that big play potential. He just, the volume worries me because, I mean, his last three games he's gotten three targets, six targets, four targets. Right. Um, in the one where he's gotten three, it was three for 111 and two. That just shows his explosiveness. So I should joke and say, um, when Torrey Smith comes, no, I'm just joking. Sorry, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, you know, Ted Ginn, when he comes back, what's going to happen? Ted Ginn's but not coming back. In the same token, what's that? Ted Ginn's on IR. He's not coming back. Oh, oh Jesus! I'm all about Ted Ginn tonight. I'm just all messed up. Anyway, sorry. That's but anyways, he's he's had perfect tournament play, an occasional season long play, when you really kind of need to roll the dice. The other game that you're, you're pretty much, uh, you know, rolling most people out there, the Packers travel to the Patriots. Uh, you know, obviously New England, there's pretty much no New England, you know, guy who, who's a regular that's your, you know, Brady. It looks like Sony Michelle hopefully will play this week. Looks like Gronkowski will play this week. Edelman is a must-start. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon has really uh, established himself over the past few weeks. James White is, is of course... Uh, a must start. So pretty much the Patriots. It doesn't really matter who they're playing. You're pretty much starting them every week. On the on the Green Bay side, you know Adams, Rogers, uh, Jimmy Graham. You know six teams on by and the, the injuries at, at tight end. You're going to start Jimmy Graham and Aaron Jones. You know while isn't getting the huge volume, has at least made the most of it the past couple weeks. You said Jimmy Graham. Sorry, I kind of cut out again. Yes, well, Jimmy Graham. I mean, with tight end, the way the, you know the, the the way the tight end is, 
you probably can't sit Jimmy Graham with six teams on by and every tight end injured. You, you pretty much, you probably got to no, put him No, no, definitely not. And, and he had a, a, a nice catch last week. He's Look, he's not the, the tight end that he used to be, um, but he's still a serviceable tight end. And, and like you mentioned, we have Ertz on a bye this week. We have, um, you know, it's just a, a mess of a position. I got him number seven in a normal week. I, I, I might put him down you know, 10 or 11, but it's going to be a shootout. They're going to have to pass a lot. One thing that New England does, and they do very well, is they try to take out the team's best weapon. Do you think New England's going to try to focus on stopping that running game? No. They're going to try to take out Devontae Adams. Stephon Gilmore is going to be, you know, on him like a glove, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and I think that's going to open things up for Randall Cobb. It's going to open things up for Jimmy Graham and, and possibly even Geronimo Allison. With the trade of Ty Montgomery, does that give you a little bump in the Aaron Jones uh, stock? I don't know. I mean, Montgomery wasn't getting much work anyways. Uh, I mean, he only averaged about three three to four carries a game and only had about three targets a game. I'm hoping it does because, I mean, last week Aaron Jones had his, his best game. He, he played on, on 61% of the snaps, whereas before that, he only combined, his average was 29% of the snaps. He had 14 touches last week compared to nine touches average over the previous week. So, so I hope so. But you never know with Mike McCarthy. So I do like Aaron Jones this week. I don't love him because you still don't know if he's going to uh, to use a lot of Jamal Williams. But Ty Montgomery wasn't a big part of the offense, so it's not like there's a lot of work to go around. And finally, uh, Monday night, and what is really just a hot diarrhea, uh, Tennessee Titans will travel to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, to me, the only real uh, intrigue to this game is Amari Cooper's first game as a Cowboy. Uh, you know, as far as the Titans are concerned, you're not starting Mariota. Uh, you know, the Henry, the Derek Henry, Deion Lewis conundrum at running back, and maybe Corey Davis at wide receivers. The only guys... The only three you could even consider starting on the Titans. And on Dallas, it's, it's you know, Zeke Elliott, and that's about it. I mean, you know, Michael Gallup has, has shown a pulse over the past couple weeks. Uh, but I, I wonder if the trade of, to, of uh, Cooper kind of puts a little bit of a, a damper on that. Oh, definitely. It definitely does. So, you know, Dak Prescott has actually, in the last two games, been quarterback two, quarterback eight. Um, it's been against Jacksonville and against Washington, who are who are two. Well, Jacksonville's defense has been underperforming. I should say that, but it's not like they're still you know a bottom defense. So they're they're still a decent defense. He's been playing well. I'm really interested to see what they do with Amari Cooper this week. Um, you think that they're going to try to test out their new toy that they got? They they traded a first round pick, so they're going to want to justify to their fans and to their team that he's worth it. So I do expect him to get a lot of targets this week. Um, whether they can make the most of it with him, with a, probably a limited knowledge of the, the playbook, I don't know. I do have him as a, as a wide receiver three. He's 32, I believe, in my rankings this week. But he is very intriguing to me in, in tournaments because I, I think they will look his way quite a bit this week. I hope so, because, you know, I have him in, I think, two leagues, and he's really been a better disappointment. So I'm hoping the change of scenery really does him his him good. That wraps up uh, all the games uh, of Week 9. The 49ers now lead 34-3 to over the, the Raiders as we wrap up 
the fourth quarter of that one. Is there anything, any other player team game that you want to talk about, Steve, before we exit, as I say, stage left? I think we hit them all, and the good part is, with the show finishing up after 11 o'clock, the kids should all be in bed, so now I can go you know, upstairs and steal all their Halloween candy. So uh, the, the quicker we get off the show, the, the quicker that I can shove my face with chocolate. I think you should take your pants off and just just swim in it and put like snow angels in all their, their candy. And then, Oh, speaking of which, you should, you, this is what you should do. Do this to Sawyer. Have you ever, Jimmy Kimmel has this thing where you you tell your kids that you ate all their candy and you film it and just to see how like pissed off and shit that they get it's really funny you gotta you find that online find it on Twitter or find it online uh, of, of Jimmy Kimmel uh, videos of parents telling their kids they ate all their candy it's fucking hilarious. Here's the thing though if I did that if I did that with with one of the two girls. I think it would be, and, and they didn't go trick-or-treating. One was, was too old, the other one was feeling under the weather, so she didn't go. If I did it with one of them, I would get a good reaction. If I did it with Sawyer, Sawyer is one of the the, the kiddies, five years old. He's a budding psychopath. better than anyone I've ever seen in my life, and he would, like, give anything to me that I wanted. This dude is my shadow. I mean, I, I don't think he, I think he'd be happy that I ate it all, and I was happy, to be honest with you. The kid is a freak when it comes to that. Anytime I ask him, hey, Sawyer, can I have this? Oh, yeah, you can have this. So I, uh, I, I think i got to do it to one of the girls. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's a budding psychopath, and he might just because he's a... Uh... Well, he is. I mean, not many five-year-olds want to be Slender Man for Halloween. I mean... And, and sure enough, that's what he was, and so... Can, um, can you do me a favor? Can you introduce him to at least a good fucking horror movie? Why the fuck did he want to be Slender Man? Show him some good stuff. How do you know? Did you go see the movie? I didn't no. see the movie, and I don't believe you saw the movie. So how do you I know it was bad? But it looked like shit, and it didn't make any money. So it's not. He like... did watch. I did let him because he he knows all the characters. So I did let him see what Freddy Krueger looks like in a movie. I turned it off as soon as you could <laughs> see him, so you didn't get to see him actually, you know, kill anyone. But um, apparently, this dude is a freak. He's an absolute freak. Dad of the year there. I let him see Freddy Krueger, but I didn't let him see him kill anybody. Way to go there, Dad. Yeah, no, I just let him... Oh, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. The dude... We went to... We spent almost two hours at Spirit Halloween just trying on costumes of Freddy Krueger and Jason and Pennywise from It and all these different horror movie characters. He was walking around the store with a chainsaw. He was laying on the floor looking at Chucky dolls in, in their boxes. And This kid just absolutely loves Please. horror movies. I don't, I don't know where... I mean, I love horror movies too, um, but it, it's awful early. Please monitor him if he starts to kill small animals... Get him to, what was the doctor from Halloween? Dr. Uh, Loomis. Please oh, get him to Dr. Loomis yeah. if he starts to kill small animals. I'm, I'm very concerned yeah, about Either him or Dr. Or, or Dr. Uh, Lecter. Yeah. I'll send him to, to either one of the two. All right, so that wraps it up for week nine. My 49ers are kicking the Raiders' ass, so we, we just probably dropped three spots in the draft, but whatever. Uh, if you have any questions, of course, you can find us on Twitter. Steve is at FantasyGeek37. I'm at Fighting Chance. Uh, follow all of us on Fighting Chance. Brian Drake at Drake Fantasy. Dwayne McFarlane at Dwayne McFarlane. My man Jim Day at Fantasy Taz. Polka Pat. And we just brought on our, uh, a new writer, uh, Kari Thomas, at 12 Ounce uh, Sports. Is that right? 12 Ounce Sports, Steve? I feel like I'm missing. There's more to 12. it than that. 12 Ounce yeah, Curl I'm... Sports. 12 OZ Curl Sports. 
I ruined that one. Uh, Casey Kasem at the Casey Kasem. Uh, we had um, Ken Griggs' latest article this week. Find him at Dexter underscore Library. Fighting chances blowing up, folks. Uh, check it out. Until next Thursday, where we will have another guest. I'm not exactly sure yet. People are just lining up to, to come on this show for I don't know what reason. But, uh, Steve, I guess we'll talk to you next week then, sir. That sounds good to me. It is Snickers time. There you go. Until then, uh, enjoy your Snickers, everybody. This is Ryan Allen for Steve Rappin. It's the Fighting Chance Fantasy Show. Good night, everybody. Good night.